Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. Today we are talking about you do you. It's your story. The other day, I was emailing with a woman who said that she was really concerned about her granddaughter. She'd been trying to teach her granddaughter or encourage her to do her own life. You do you, she said emphatically. I wondered which podcast episode might be a support to her granddaughter. And I suggested a couple, but as I sorted through this, I realized that we talk about this all the time in lots of different stories. But wouldn't it be fun to have one episode that brought some of those ideas together? So this is our You Do You episode. Stay tuned for lots of fun thoughts on overcoming the stigmas that hold us back, talking about the power to change our circumstances, samples on what it looks like to customize your life the way you want it, and let's create our own magic as we live our own bright, magical, individual lives. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Sometimes our lives are unexpected. Actually, I'm going to say always. (laughs) In fact, it was this very question, did your life turn out as you expected, that was the very first Love Your Story research project. 19 out of 20 people's lives did not turn out as they expected. So that is perfectly normal. But as we seek to live our own big lives, as we struggle to find our way, and oftentimes there are a couple things that we must accept. The first is we need to accept who we are fully. So accept and love ourselves and where we've been. So all the good, all the bad, all the blessings, all the setbacks, all the talents, all the the everything that's happened to us. So accept ourselves as a whole. And then the second is that we are responsible for creating the life that we want for ourselves. So no one else gets to be blamed for what we have created or what we didn't create. That's on us. Our life experiences and our talents and the things that light us up qualify us to do what we came to do and to be who we came to be. Your magic and living into what you love will help you live big. And that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. So when you think, oh, I really want to do this, but... You know what? If you really want to do something, if you're really drawn toward dance or engineering or traveling the world, those things that you really love, that you really want, they are indicators of the directions you're supposed to go. Live in to your own heart. Now, I want to share a clip from episode 104. It was an interview that I did with Tanya Don Terry, and it's a bit about how she found her path. Our experiences give us insight that makes us uniquely qualified to do certain things. And here's what Tanya said. I'm working at this company. Uh, So I got sent over there to do a tent job for this coaching company. And one of the owners leans over to me and she goes, what are you doing behind a desk? Literally, she doesn't know me, never met this woman. And all of a sudden, I knew I was being asked to show up again. I kind of didn't want to. 
Another Harold. Right? Another Harold. Uh, I didn't even know what she meant by that at first, and yet I did. Right? I just didn't know what that would look like, Lori. Sure. What does that mean? Well, and are you still figuring it out, or did you know? I kind of sort of am still figuring it out. But here's the thing. You're the first person that I've ever told this story to. This is the, this will be the first time anybody will publicly know about my story, my history, my many messes. So that's new. I'm honored. Thank and, you. And you know what? I, I felt supported and safe to do that. You're, you're, you're talking about, what did you call a herald? Yeah. You're helping me usher in my story that's never been told. And guess what? You know why I'm willing to tell that story? Because a couple months back, as I tried to go back to playing small again, there was a realization. I never wanted to talk about my story. One, it was too scary. It was too ugly. Um, I felt too judged and I didn't want it to come alive. I wanted just to shut the door and move on. But here's what, I got a divine tap on the shoulder a couple months ago and it said, the, 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 it said, meaning the awareness was, Tanya, you may have thrived and survived and got on the other side of this, but there's people just beginning this journey and they could use the support and the guidance along the way. And I go, oh my gosh, that's why you're telling me to show up and speak up because I've navigated through this and just the five marriages alone, I've done this five times just with that mess of my life damn straight I know how to navigate <laughs> that doesn't mean I do it for somebody but I can go heads up so this is what's next and this is what you can bump up against I'm I'm empowering them in their strength I'm not intercepting I'm not removing something that's theirs to earn get it yeah and so now you've got not only do you have this tremendous amount of experience and messiness and trial and error and all of the things that teach us right mm -hmm. but then you couple that with the spiritual gifts that you have um the intuitiveness the actual being able to heal wow what a powerful combination mm -hmm. what a powerful combination you are thank you Lori. thank you so much how exciting is that? You know, I'm ready. I, I and How does this look like? I, you know, I'm stepping up into, I, I can't really call myself a life coach. That just, it, it's more like a strategist for transformation because I really, it's like, I like to tell people, put your mess on the table because I can put things together just like that. It's a guide. You're a guide. Yeah. You're a healing guide though. Yes, and it isn't just by the touch of my hand. There's a presence that I've earned uh -huh. I hope that doesn't sound no, too weird. No, I get that. Okay. You do earn it. You earn I, that kind I of thing through oh. the hard work, the trial yeah. and error, the, the fixing it. Just the, I, I think you earn those stripes when you go through the dark spaces, right? But you stand back up in the arena and you figure out how do I make that healthy? How do I take the meaning mm -hmm. and the the healing how do i reframe the bad into something positive that's work that's earned you earn that you earn the this the standing up and the walking away stronger that's not something you're just given mm. Mm, thank you because here's the thing you're right over and over again i was called to the arena so you also said if you don't like where your life is at you have the divine right to change your mind yes can i just call bull 
on you made your bed now lie in it <laughs> because yes, that's right. what I did again and again and again with my relationships people can judge that I've been divorced five times but here's the thing I put up with so much for so long and then I left if I would have stayed in that bed because I made it I shuddered one I may not be alive honestly in some of those relationships and two I never would have met or been or become the woman I am today. Right, and how tragic would that be? How tragic would that be? Because you are this beautiful, bright, shining. Um, a lot of the people that I interview, I don't ever get to be in their presence, but Tanya and I are doing a live interview today and she is she is a shining soul. Mm, you have a beautiful energy. Thank you, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, you know, um, we're given agency because we make choices, but if we feel like we have to, like sometimes our society looks at changing your mind as flaky. And I'm like, no, because if you're growing and you're changing and evolving, you must change your mind. Mm. And it will happen again and again and again. Now, I am not saying go through repeated marriages. No, I'm not saying that. That's not a fun experience. But I am saying allow yourself to take stock and review and say, is my life fulfilling the way it is now? What can I change my mind on? You have the divine right to have a life that's full, fulfilling, thriving, and not settling. You can change when you don't like where you're at what she called the divine right not to settle. And as we change and as we grow, we come to know ourselves better and what works for us and what doesn't. One of the roadblocks that we run into as we navigate our culture and desire to be accepted is that of what others think of us. I wanted to share this clip from my interview with Lara Ann Turner's story from episode 127, where she talks about this struggle for her and coming to understand that she didn't want to settle. As she became aware of the control that others' approval had on her, she could also shift instead of staying stuck. I was a person constantly seeking happiness, trying to find it in the next career move or adding another degree or some type of certification to what I was becoming. I wanted to have all of this value that I felt like society placed in things, accomplishments, prestige, which I think we do. And I think it's a great place for us to learn and grow. And I love knowledge and learning. I'm always taking classes and reading. But I was so focused on what everyone else thought about those accomplishments I was constantly chasing. I couldn't catch up to what I thought or expected other people. So at that point, I knew, I just knew I had to change. I just got to a point, I woke up one morning and I thought this will continue for as long as I allow it to continue. For as long as I allow myself to stay in this situation, this will be my situation. 
I am loving the responsibility there because all of us can do that. As we are creating our own life stories, every single day, those decisions are within our hands, most of them. And even to change something, if there's something that wasn't in your hands, you have the choices, whether to stay present or whether to move or do something different with your own space. So that responsibility and acknowledgement that I can change this if I want. Love that. Well, another interesting thing that I realized too was gaining that sense of responsibility. I wanted to push everything to everyone else. The blame or the responsibility, meaning I actually had felt I should leave where I was working a few years before because it wasn't fulfilling to me um, like it had been when I started working with the company. But in my mind, I said to myself, I can't leave because what will they do without me? And I've heard so many people that I've met say exact same thing. Well, what will the company do if I don't work there? I have so much value. Or how will I pay my mortgage? How will I... I have health insurance. I have a wonderful retirement plan. So we talk ourselves into staying in a situation that we don't love because we feel like we have to stay and we don't have to stay. Like you just said, we can change that. There's always options and I believe we're afraid to look at options because I did that for years thinking I have to keep my good income. I have to keep all of these things. I have to keep my position. I was a vice president of a multi-million dollar national company. I had to keep that position. I had to keep that income. I had to be able to pay my mortgage and go on fancy trips and do all these things. And ultimately, it's not true. To live our full destiny, or simply to create our own happiness, there is the novel idea of taking it a step further, actually thinking outside the box of cultural, family, religion, all those expectations, to find a path that works for us, an individual solution, even if it deviates. I had an interview with Rebecca Dahl in episode 132, and we had a discussion about the book Deviate. I wanted to share a little clip from this that illustrates the idea in her life in a really super interesting way. What we look at reveals us and what we choose not to look at creates us. So in order to create something new, we have to stop looking at what we've been looking at because then we just keep getting more of that. Okay, what's a real life example of that? Let me see if I can get it into context of marriages. I kept looking at marriage as something that I needed to yoke up with someone and I needed someone as a partner to travel my life with and help me through things. And I just defined partner as someone who would be in my yoke with me. We would yoke up together. And when I changed my concept of what a partner was and thought, What if my partner is just here to enhance my experience? What if my partner is here to just bring me different experiences, not necessarily join me at the hip and be enmeshed and have this kind of codependent experience that I'm fully dependent on him for things and he is fully dependent on me for things. And if we can agree on the direction we're going, we're going to have a great life. And I kept, for lack of a better word, interviewing people to be my husband and thought I was very clear what I wanted in a marriage and what I wanted in life and what my expectations were. And they had me convinced that 
that's what they wanted too. So I'm like, great, here's my yoke. Come on in, help me, let's go. And after the honeymoon period would wear off, etc., they started pulling the other direction. And I thought, hey, that's not fair. We agreed that we were going to go this way. So I always felt like I was either yoked up with someone who was fighting against me or I was hobbling along in a two-person yoke with just me carrying it by myself and feeling not downtrodden necessarily because I would keep moving, but definitely struggling with the burden. And when I stopped looking at it that way and started opening my eyes to, I wasn't even opening my eyes to something different yet. It was more just stopping looking at it that way. And then that allowed a possibility for something else to exist. I had to allow something else to exist in order to do that. I had to stop looking at it that way. And the idea that maybe I'm the only person in this yoke and this yoke doesn't actually have two yokes in it. It's just a one person yoke and I'm the only one carrying it and I am free to move whatever direction I want. And a partner is somebody who is in their own yoke and we're just walking along a path together and enjoying it together. And that doesn't mean that we are stuck together. That just means that right now we're walking down it together. And ironically, now I am with a partner and we're going the same direction. So how long did it take you to make that shift as to what to look at? Did you go into your fifth marriage with the shift already taken place or was it something? It's something that's happened since. My fifth marriage was almost my fifth divorce a year ago. Because I had expectations and I had my yoke and I had my direction and I had made it perfectly clear which direction I was going in this yoke. And he had made me believe that he wanted to go that direction too. And now he was starting to not go in that direction. And I'm like, oh, okay, see ya, because I'm going this direction. And then I started to, you know, of course, I don't want to be divorced five times. Of course, you know, we didn't really want to end our marriage, but we didn't know how to keep going. We both realized that we didn't want to carry the same yoke. He wanted different things than I wanted. And I felt like maybe for the first time, he was actually being honest with me and that he wanted to go a different direction. And as appreciative as I was to him for and honoring him that he was finally being honest with me, I still felt betrayed because you should have told me that years ago when we got married, not now. But after healing from that betrayal and recognizing that we could still do this together, but it could look totally different, now we don't live in the same house. We have unblended our family. We have four children between the two of us and he lives 15 miles away from me and he is a full-time dad to his kids and I'm a full-time mom to my kids and we date and this blew my mind that this is a possibility I feel like that we're somehow cheating the system it shouldn't be this easy when you get married yeah you can still go out on dates but you're not dating anymore now is for the hard stuff and I had this belief that marriage was hard and I just need somebody to help me carry this heavy hard yoke to carry because I can't do it by myself When I took that expectation off and stopped looking at that, a new idea appeared and we have explored that idea and we have made a new arrangement for our family that is now beautiful for us. At the core of everything we are talking about, customizing our lives. In episode 133, I spoke with Eric and Emily Orton about their 5,000 mile trip across the Caribbean And how they got there and what it took to go the distance in this radical customization of living. Let me share some of that. 
we were not sailing people. I didn't grow up sailing. Emily didn't grow up sailing. And it very much felt like a distant thing that was what other people did. There was a strong cultural divide between us and people who sailed. But I had this job downtown on the river and I would see these sailboats and there was a sailing school right downstairs. And I thought sailing looked so beautiful and I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to try it. But yet stepping into that little floating dock building that was the sailing school just felt like that was for other people. But after talking about it with Emily and just saying, wouldn't this be fun to try? And she encouraged me taking that one little step into the sailing school and just asking, you know, how does this work? What can you tell me? That was an example of those small steps that you're talking about where one thing led to another and, you know, down the path we went. I think that there were very few high stakes, big, dramatic moments in this whole process because it was all very incremental and sort of two steps forward, one step back, trial and error. There were no sudden dramatic moves. Pretty soon you just find yourself in the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's how it works. Well, here we are. (laughs) So as I was reading your book, Seven at Sea, you were journaling your journey of learning how to sail. And I've sailed a couple of times and I just get seasick. So the whole time I'm reading this, it's sounding really miserable to me. (laughs) But you were sharing how some of your family was seasick and having to, you know, wrangle all the kids in and teach them all how. Definitely step by step by step. But I was really impressed with your consistency. You must have really been dedicated to this because, you know, after I take my kids out and we have a rough time of doing something, it's like, yeah, let's not do that again. But Uh you kept persisting in teaching and taking them out. And, you know, guy, I I admire that. But it, it also shows a real dedication to that forward movement, despite obstacles and despite other people, you know, despite everybody not being super excited about it. Tell me about that. Well, I like something that you're pointing out about the consistency. I mean, Eric was just talking about overcoming that sort of threshold of this isn't for me and being willing to just ask the question, that idea, like it doesn't hurt to ask, to just gather a little bit of information. And then I think this would be like the next step is just because you hit that first obstacle doesn't mean it's over. Like, (laughs) guess that's not going to work for me type thing. And I know when we first started sailing, Eric and the girls all got really seasick on the first day. I'm like, when is this lesson going to be over? And I didn't get sick. So I thought, great, like I'm the natural here. And that all changed later. In the end, we all got sick. But what Eric said was, you know, but they have ginger and they have wristbands and they have patches and like there's solutions for these problems. Like just because I felt miserable doesn't mean we have to give up this idea. And, you know, sometimes we were able to find solutions like keeping our eye on the horizon, on the nearby land, playing music, having a dance party, distracting ourselves. But sometimes we just got sick and we just felt that way for a couple of days. But there were a lot of days that we got to have this amazing adventure. And I think, anyway, I just think it was worth some of those hard moments, those feeling sick moments or those failing moments. I wouldn't want to have you know, given up all the goodness that we got out of it just for that fraction of time that was spent being miserable. I think there's always going to be some part of it that's miserable, no matter what your story is. Okay, I don't have a big, long speech. It's actually just like a really simple idea that sort of guides me, which is that I think we all have something that we wish for or these interests in our heart. And to me, 
Those are a form of personal revelation. And there's a lot of things covering that. You know, there's usually a lot of other things on top of it, whether it's fears or responsibilities or to-do lists or, you know, whatever it might be. And I feel like honoring those, recognizing those as maybe the gift that we have to offer the world, the thing that's unique about us that makes our story so special and why, you know, or I guess to your listeners, why you're so important and why we need you and why we need your stories and why we need you living as the protagonist in your own life because you can make the world a better place when you are willing to uncover those interests and those wishes and reveal to us who you really are through your actions and your words and what you share. Marvin Kassler, as you'll hear, is the premier example of living every day in a very unconventional way. His example of thinking outside the box in order to live life on his own terms is one of the most radical I've heard, and I never get tired of revisiting it. Here's a clip from his story. So Marvin, one of the things that I think is so fascinating about you is that you live a very unconventional life. You have chosen you're a third grade teacher, which is super normal, right? But then you actually have chosen not to live in a house. You've chosen to um, take lots of vacation time and go hiking on these trails. Even during the school year, you just have a really original way of living, of creating your very own story exactly the way you want it. And so many people don't think about living outside the box and you not only think about it, but you absolutely do that. So would you start with telling the listeners, kind of give us an overview of the life you've created for yourself and how you live? Okay. Um, The first thing is I like to live life kind of on my own terms. Um, Life's short and um, and basically I'm just trying to live it to the fullest. Uh, I do have a teacher's salary uh, you know if you have a mortgage and uh all that stuff you know a significant other you know it gets pretty pretty expensive and you know there's not a lot of things you can really do you know you could do a couple vacations and stuff but uh my deal is um one i like to uh kind of reside in a storage unit i have a 12 by 30 storage unit um i have everything i need in there um i have a, a toyota prius that i have um i like to pull my Prius in there. Um, I'll sleep in the back of my Prius. Um, but what this lifestyle does for me, um, I'm able to, uh, with the money I have that I save, um, I can do my trips, especially in the summer, these long, uh, section hikes that I like to do. And, um, and then, uh, I'm also obsessed. Well, I don't know if it's obsessed, but I'm a super fan for the university of Arizona Wildcats. And I like to, uh, attend as many sporting activities as possible. So for me, uh, living in Salt Lake City, uh, Tucson, Arizona is the uh, home base for the University of Arizona. So every game for me is an away game. The last two years, the last two years, uh, I went to every home and away football game. And um, I enjoy going to the games. Um, uh, I, I dress pretty silly. I have my, my beard is blue. I wear a Viking helmet. Um, but I like to interact with the fans, take pictures with them. And I think that's the big thing, you know, having them having a smile. And But, you know, my other thing is my hiking. But the lifestyle that I provided, the simplicity of living in a Prius and a storage unit and not having those expenses have given me 
um, the opportunity to go, you know, do as much as I want. So. Okay, so with that, you also have chosen um, not to have a significant other, and you obviously don't have utilities, and we were talking earlier, and you're saying, you know, in the summer, it's really hot in the storage unit. I mean, you have to actually make some real life sacrifices to create the story you want, and you're okay with all that. Oh, yeah, I'm totally on board with it, because again, life is short, and the important things in my life that make me happy are one, hiking, so all summer I'm gone. So I'm not in the storage unit in the summertime, but it does mm. get warm. It does get warm there when I do come back, you know, to teach in, in uh, the end of August and in May. But um, I, I have ways to cope with that. Um, you know, there's fans and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, uh, or I'll uh, actually drive the Prius uh, up in the mountains and then uh, sleep up there where it's cooler. But again, I am gone all summer living the lifestyle I want, living the life I want walking, hiking, um, you know, being in the outdoors is a meditation for me. The nine months out of the year when I am school teaching, I do yoga, um, the Bikram yoga, which is a meditation also. But, um, you know, in the summer I'm out there, I'm um, with mother nature. Um, I'm meeting other hikers, like some of my best friends or the hikers that I meet. That lifestyle is about, you know, living life to the fullest, doing what you want. And, uh, you know, being the super fan, being the, the you know, being the, the hiker, the section guy. That's what it's about for me. What does you do you look like to you? Is it selling the Caribbean, living in a storage shed, creating a marriage on unusual terms, or quitting a job and starting over? Is it learning more about you so that you know what you want to create? Is it creating courage to do it your way despite the expectations of others? This is what we call life, my friends. This is the journey. It's not something we get figured out all at once. And it's the process of fighting through the fears and the blocks in which we grow. But it's all totally normal. And you have every right and permission to do you in the way that creates happiness and joy and no regret in your own life as you write the life story that you want on purpose. I truly believe that we are all individual lights, that we each have our own set of talents and skills and natural ways of being. And that color and that magic that we are is needed in the world. When we don't live true to ourselves, we stunt our own growth and we deprive the world of all the light that we could have shined. So it's very important that we shine our light. Your challenge this week is to consider what popped into your mind as you listen to these stories. You know what section of your intentional living might need to be tweaked. If there's a section where you need to do you a little more, do it. Live bright with no regrets. Thank you for being here. If you like the show, please leave a review. It just takes a second. And we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode that supports your intentional and inspirational living. Go to loveyourstorypodcast.com for more information on our 21 Life Challenges group. And let's get your group started. This show is brought to you by the 21 Challenges group platform. If you are a leader of a group, any type of group, book club, network marketing, employee group, a youth group, a friend group, and you're in need of a fun, fresh, positive way to connect during this disconnected time, 
We've got an online program that'll create fun, stretching connection and engagement with your team. Your team will get a fully immersive platform for the 21 challenges and weekly coaching with Lori Lee as we spend three weeks creating awesome possibility. Loveyourstorypodcast.com and look for the group link. 